What's up, Pickleheads? Tonight, we're going to talk about three secret trick shots that can help you score a few extra points on the court. And who doesn't like a few extra points? Stick around. There might be a bonus fourth trick shot that I don't think you've heard of. What's up, boss? Sweet. That was a good intro, dude. <laughs> first time. First try. Um, me and Spencer were just talking. We, I actually got this. I got a shipment from Selkirk. They're coming out with a new paddle. I don't know if you knew that, but I just heard about it today. All of a sudden, in my inbox, it's like a new order came into my mail. And I was like, I didn't order anything from Selkirk. And they're just sending <laughs> me the new paddle. So I was really excited about it. But I guess it's a control paddle. It's the Vanguard Control or something like that. I don't know. But hmm. supposedly, we're not supposed to talk about any of the details of when it's coming out. And I don't even remember. So... Couldn't tell you, but when I get it, I will be sure to show you guys it. But I got <laughs> I got some of this tungsten tape from them as well, which I'm excited yeah. to try out because I've been using lead tape, only lead tape, and everybody's talking about how toxic it is, that it just uh, eats into your skin or something. I don't know the science behind it. I'm not a science guy, but I heard that it hurts <laughs> you, so I'm excited to use this. What I was saying to Spencer is how light this feels. In comparison, supposedly this is quite a bit lighter. You have to use quite a bit more. But uh, I'll keep you guys posted on that. I'm excited to to try it out. What's up with you, Spence? Yeah, let us know. Uh, not much new. Just wish I was playing more pickleball than I currently do. So I need to get my priorities <laughs> straight. Same. Same. <laughs> I got a haircut, guys. I would show you, but I'm very embarrassed about it. Very embarrassed. <laughs> I, uh, my wife cut my hair because I was too cheap to go anywhere else. And let's just say she should probably not be cutting hair. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> she, she cut it to where it looked like a Q-tip was like coming out the tip of my head. So then I was like, let's just buzz it. And so that's what we did. And it really revealed how little hair I have up there. You guys wouldn't you guys wouldn't think, but I have very little hair up there. So <laughs> my whole goal is Whatever. to not show anybody until I'll it grows back. Any out. day, <laughs> any day of the week. That's true. I don't have as little hair as Spencer, but I'm close. <laughs> I got some widow peaks going on. I don't have much hair, but I do know a few things about trick shots. Uh, before we get into what these are, um, some of these are more rare. Probably haven't heard of a few of them. Before we get into what they are, I just want to talk about trick shots in general. I'm not a huge fan of trick shots. I remember you so saying that. this is a weird subject for me. I'm a big fan of consistency. I'm a big fan of just getting your game better overall. Yeah. Um, because trick shots only work here and there and sometimes only with, you know, with people that you haven't played before. But that being said, they can be fun. I get that. Trick shots can be fun. And it can help you get some extra points on the court, whether you're playing with, with someone new or if you just use them sparingly. Uh, they can help you get extra points. And who doesn't want extra points on the court? So let's jump into the first one, Oz. This one I like a lot, and I believe one of your friends invented it, so I'll let you talk about it. Um, it's called the peekaboo. So explain to us what it is. Um, and for those, it might be easier for those watching rather than listening, but I think you can keep it simple enough to where people understand. And this one works. 
it worked on me two times in a row. You tried it, <laughs> and it worked two times in a row, and we lost the point both times before we could figure out what was going on. And it worked so on it Instagram. Just you one point, I got you too. It's it's like my it's one of my most viewed videos actually on Instagram is the peekaboo, and it has. Oh, okay. The kitchen reached out to me after and was like, hey, can I post this video as well? And I was like, absolutely. And they didn't get nearly as many views as I did on on the original one, obviously. But they have like 400,000 followers now, which is just crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. When I started my page, they had 90,000 followers. And this was in September of 2022 that I started mine. Now they're at 400,000. Mm-hmm. It's like they went, they just shot up. It's crazy. But anyways... They posted it, but it's a really, really good trick shot. So it's my friend Brett Lee. Me and him were just chilling, playing together, and he's like, hey, when I serve, I want you to just run to the net. Don't hit the ball. I'll take care of the rest. I was like, okay. <laughs> so right as he serves the ball, obviously that third shot has to bounce. So I have to avoid it at all costs since I'm just I'm running straight up to the non-volley zone line. So I ran yeah. up, and then... Without knowing, I created a shield, and funnily enough, they didn't return the ball to me because for whatever reason, when people don't have this experience, they'll typically hit the ball away from the person that's rushing the net because they feel like pressure coming on them. If people know about the play, they'll hit it at the person, but literally that doesn't matter, and I'll explain why in just a second. As I'm running up, I didn't know, but I was creating a shield to where they wouldn't be able to see the third shot coming back to them. So they hit it away from me, and then I was just like hanging up there. He Brett hits a drive behind me on the third shot after it bounces, and then they couldn't see where the drive was going, and then that next shot, the fifth shot, after they hit it, I just put away a volley as they popped it up because their reaction time was so late because it was behind where I was. So then yeah. we did this multiple times where either Brett would serve and volley, meaning he would serve and just run to the net, and then I would take care of the third or vice versa, like how we did the very first time that we tried it. Mm-hmm. And it was just a load of fun. And it was fun because, you know, it's obviously like it's it's a trick shot, essentially, but it's it's actually going to score you points as well, and it's not illegal in any way. Would I use it in a tournament? Probably, because I think it's a good strategy. It makes them feel pressure, like as you're running up to the net. But essentially, that's what a peekaboo is. Brett came up with the name because... I was like, hey, I'm going to post about this. What should the name be? And he gave me like a ton of names. The dude's super creative. <laughs> and he was like, Peekaboo was one of them. And I was like, that's brilliant because it really is Peekaboo. It's like all of a sudden, Peekaboo, that ball just pops out, goes right right where you just can't see it. That person's just essentially a shield. But yeah, we did it against Spencer, and that's the one that we posted on Instagram. And it's funny, yeah. the comments on there are like, staged, staged. Like, no, it's not staged. Literally, go try it. (laughs) Go try it next time that you guys play. And you will see that it's not staged because you just, you get points by doing it. Change up who runs up and yeah, you'll score some points. Just be ready to get that third. I think they either feel pressure or it's just pure confusion or it's, or it's both of those things. Yeah. Like for me, it was confusion and it worked on me twice in a row. I'm still pissed about it. It's confusing. It shouldn't have worked, (laughs) but it did two times in a row because it just really caught me off guard. And so I think even the second time that we did it, um, I hit it to your partner. Like 
aiming at your partner, you know what I mean? And all she had to do was duck, and you were there for the third, and it threw us off a second time, and then we lost the point again. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so funny. It's so, crazy. yeah, peekaboo, I think, with pressure and confusion, it's it's a legit shot. So let's walk them through it one more time, Oss. We're the serving team, and instead of waiting for the double bounce rule, instead of waiting for it to come back, one of you, either the server or their partner will run up to the net. Uh, they may have to dodge a ball, so beware of that. They may hit it right at you, but uh, big deal, dodge the ball. Your partner will cover that third, and it will most likely throw off the other team. Have you tried it with a third shot drop, Oss, or typically just a third shot drive? I think you got us both times with a third shot drive. Yeah, I think we've driven it every time. That's been the game plan, and what we figured out is you drive to kind of like above the head of the player, but the player that's up, uh, that's going to poach the ball, your partner, mm-hmm. that player needs to go to wherever, whatever side of the court the ball goes to. So you kind of need to make up a game plan. If the ball is going to go to the left, then that partner needs to move to the left because their reaction is going to be late and they're going to hit it back up the line to the left or to the right. So I think establishing that, but definitely a drive. I've never done it with a drop just because they'd have a ton of time to get to the drop. Whereas a drive, it just surprises them. Can't really see what's going on. I think it still might be slightly confusing with the drop, but I think the drive is the way to go for anyone that wants to try it out, try it out with the drop and, and let us know how it goes for you. But I would suggest a drive. It worked on me twice and I'm not a pro by any means, but I feel like I can play pickleball, and I just felt stupid after those. Yeah, so. it's a fun, fun play. Spencer, it's moving yeah. on to the next one. Tell us when you first heard about, or when you, how did you first hear about an inside, this is the next trick shot, an inside out? In. Inside in? I guess it would be inside in, yeah. An inside yeah. in ATP. How'd you hear about it? Uh, first time I actually saw it was a pro, but it didn't get, it was on the APP tour and it didn't get that much uh, popularity. Who was it? What's the word that I'm looking for there? Uh, but it was uh, Hunter Johnson. Okay. So he and his brother play together. They're twins. Um, this one really throws off the opponent too. And so I immediately after, when we went to the courts, decided to try it out like wondering if it would work because it obviously worked on them. And so it works It works because of two things. One, it throws off. I, w- I consider it a trick shot because it really throws off the opponent because they're not looking for a ball to go in in that way. And I'll explain how it goes in. And then the other is uh, you might watch this shot be done and think like there's not enough room over on the side. It can't be done, but it can yeah. So essentially what an inside-in ATP is, is instead of hitting an ATP around the post with your backhand, you're coming around it even farther and hitting an ATP with your forehand. Um, so if somebody sees you, if the opponent sees you go for an ATP, but then sees you go for a forehand shot, they might think that you're just trying to put it back over the net cross court when in reality you're going to punch that ball for an ATP. So um, it does throw off the opponent. It seems to 
it seems to work pretty well. So I practiced it. And even in my first, like I had someone feed me balls wide, I would say out of my first 10, I got eight in. Wow. Like I feel like I am a little bit more forehand dominant. You would think that there's not enough room there, but there's definitely enough room and there's definitely enough time. Um, so try the inside yeah. in ATP. The second time I saw it done was, and you can explain this portion was a video of yours that you had posted some guy you were playing with that I'd never seen before. And his was nasty, fast and nasty and really hard to read. I think because he was left-handed too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First time I ever saw it, he was left-handed and I got it on video, thankfully. And I was shocked when I saw it <laughs> and it's even trippier because he's on that he's left-handed. And so it's, it's a just straight winner rocket too, because people are expecting if you hit an inside out shot and you're outside of the court there, they don't expect that you are going to hit that ball down the line. They think automatically that that ball is going to go inside out back cross court. They're just simply going to hit yep. a dink with their forehand back cross court, but it just catches them off guard and it's an instant winner. And you can hit rockets on that forehand side with that inside in as you come around the net post. But yeah, the guy's name's, I don't know if I already told him. Did I already say the guy's name? Or no? No. Brian Baker. He's a 5.5 plus player. He lives in, I think it's Seattle. Yeah. Wherever. Yeah, you had told me Washington. Somewhere in Washington, yeah. He's he's incredible, though. He's a really, really good player. Hits super hard. It's kind of an interesting game. He's really, really smart. Uh, but something I really like about his game is the fact that he if he gets any ball that's slightly high, even if it's, you know, waist height, he swings, 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 and has super fast hands. And then yeah. he'll reset if it's at his feet. But other than that, he's just straight swinging and then obviously oh, dinking really? and stuff like that. But any volley that he can get out of the air, he's swinging. He has a sweet two-handed backhand. But, yeah, he's who I first saw that trick shot from, and everybody was shocked at what hit them. But such a sick shot. I need to practice it. I've never hit one. Yeah, and to I, you'll see when you practice it, it is doable. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's too difficult to do. Like why bother? But then once you once you try it, you'll see that. I don't know. At least for me, and you're fairly forehand dominant too. You'll see that they'll just start to go in. Yeah, uh, to clarify, so this is done on the backhand side. If I'm right-handed, yep. I'm going for a backhand ATP. I'm I'm actually just coming bringing my body farther outside the court and then hitting that ATP with a forehand. If I'm left-handed, same exact thing. It's just a mirror image. Instead of hitting it with my backhand, I'm hitting the ATP with my forehand from that right side. And it's uh anyway, it's a fun shot. It can get you some extra points. And that may be one that you don't have to use as sparingly because an ATP is already hard to defend as it is. And then if you can add that, if you can do that consistently and add that aspect to it, um, it might be a trick shot worth adding to the arsenal, you know? Hey, side note, how many followers, how many subscribers do we have now on YouTube? Uh, I think as of today, like 964 Woo! or something like that. We're close. Close yeah. to that thousand. Almost hitting that thousand mark. We'll be able so to start far. actually making some some pennies 
<laughs> yeah. Hey, for anyone watching on YouTube, if you haven't subscribed, please take press pause, take one second to subscribe. It's really fast. And uh yeah, we'd appreciate that. Only if Maybe you like can hit a, only if you like our podcast though. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can hit a thousand before the next podcast. That'll be the goal. We better be able to. We're really close. Yeah. No, I think we can. All right, let's move on to trick shot number three, Oss. This Austin has heard is called the Houdini. Uh, I'm going to call it the Houdinki. I'll call it what I want. <laughs> but um, you may have seen this one before, may have not. Uh, this is one of those that you, you're going to have to use sparingly or maybe only with new people because anyone that's decent is going to catch on real quick. But it'll get you a point the first time you use it um, because it does throw people off, in my opinion. So, Oz, explain to us the Houdini. Yeah, so Houdini is you're using your dominant hand to go out and hit a backhand. So whatever your dominant hand is, you're going to hit a backhand dink. And then last second, you switch hands from your dominant hand to your non-dominant hand, and you speed the ball up with your non-dominant hand straight up the line. So it looks like you're doing a backhand dink. You're about to hit it back cross court. You're... Your left, your non-dominant arm grabs the paddle, swings forward towards your opponent that's directly ahead of you, hits a winner on them as your dominant arm makes the motion as if it's hitting a dink. So then they watch your dominant arm and think, oh, they're hitting a dink. But no, your non-dominant arm just hit a winner up the line, grabbed onto the paddle and took control of the ball and hit a winner up the line. So it's called the Houdini because it's very... It's magic. It's like magic just happened. <laughs> and I learned about this from, I can't remember the guy's name. He's got a really funny channel, though. It's a good channel. Wish I could recommend it, but I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure where I saw it first. He's a but, lefty. Uh, well, he's lefty and righty. He's ambidextrous. Oh, okay. I can't think of his name. So that shot would work out for him. Yeah, and I think it can be beneficial. If you have a one-handed backhand dink, this shot can work. And if you have a two-handed backhand dink, the shot could work maybe even better. Um, Definitely better. The, yeah, the idea is to make it look like you're dinking with your... If you're on the left side, make it look like you're dinking with your dominant or your right hand while at the same time with your left hand pushing the ball down the line. Spencer, and, you uh, just made a post about this which i think that they should hear about too because it's really important is players will dink and they'll have a one-handed dink okay but they'll have a two-handed speed up so they have a one-handed backhand but then they have a two-handed speed up and there's an inconsistency there because as soon as they put that second hand on you know that they're going to speed up the ball so what i recommend to everybody is getting in the habit of always having two hands on your paddle in your ready position and as you load up for the ball always having two hands regardless of if you're loading to the backhand side or the forehand side. Otherwise, you're going to tell your opponents, hey, I'm speeding up the ball automatically because all of a sudden you go from one hand to two hands. So I liked that post Yeah, where you mentioned that. Yeah, I don't know and, how long ago that was. it makes sense. It, yeah, it was fairly recently. It makes sense if you think about it. Like if I, I have a one-handed backhand dink, I, I know I need to migrate to the two-hand and maybe I'll get there eventually. But I don't speed up with two hands. But if I did, it would be a tell. And I've seen that with so many people, even with pros, and they're working on that too. They'll have a one-handed backhand dink, 
and all of a sudden you see they put two hands on the paddle, that tells you instantly, okay, they're speeding up because they just put two hands on it. Yeah. And so that gives you, as the defensive player, extra time to be able to either block that ball or counter it. And uh, anyway, it's best to either dink with two hands and attack with two hands or dink with one hand and attack with one hand so that you're not telling them every time that you're speeding up. So, yeah, way to bring that up. I uh, kind of forgot about that, but that's definitely related with this shot with the Houdini. Um, yeah, anyway, it's a fun two shot. Hands on there. You can beat somebody at least once on it. What would you say? Put two hands on there. Hey, a little snippet. I'm not sure what your extra... <laughs> what your extra um, trick shot's going to be. But yeah, the one that I just saw recently that was absolutely legit is an ATP where James Ignatowicz, he inverts his wrist, so he's running for a backhand ATP. Oh, yeah. But instead he hits a forehand. I don't know how to explain it to you guys, but look it up. But he hits a forehand instead around the backhand side for a winner, and I'm pretty sure that was match point as well. Which made it even cooler. But yeah, I don't know if it was match point disgusting or disgusting shot. Point. I think it was a big point. But basically what he's doing what he did was put his back to the net. He he got beat on the point, really. Yeah. And it was it was his only option. And so he couldn't go tweener either because that ball was flying. And so in order to reach it, he put his back to it to the net and then sort of flipped his hand back like this. And yeah, that was a really fun ATP. I don't think you'll be able to do that consistently, but if you can, you'll most likely win the point. (laughs) (laughs) No one's expecting that. Yeah. That was a legendary shot. What's your bonus one? So bonus, uh, I'm going to consider this a trick shot because it does throw people off even at higher levels, even at the pro level. I've seen it in the past. I've posted about it, posted about it in the past. But I really saw some some success with Eric Lang doing it this past PPA tournament. Um, so this was PPA Desert Ridge, which I believe is in Phoenix or just outside of Phoenix. Anyway, he and Zane Navratil did very well in the tournament, and I would say part of that was I call these wind up dinks. But he was throwing off the opponent by acting like he was going to speed up before he was dinking. And um, I saw I saw that they had talked to some of the pros afterward and they were like, do you think that that had anything to do with, like, is that even worth doing? And the way he was doing it, I think it is worth doing. Yeah. So when I first saw a wind-up dink, it was Ben John's. And his windup was really big. And so you could kind of tell that it he wasn't going to speed up. Like it wasn't really worth doing because his backswing was way too big and it didn't look like his normal windup if he was going to attack off the bounce. But Eric Lang's was, was a lot more compact. Um, and so he was doing that little, just a little bit of a flip with the paddle before before he would dink in certain scenarios and i think it was throwing off the opponents so that'd be something to practice too not having some huge backswing and then a dink but maybe a little bit of something to actually make them believe that uh, you're going to speed up and then going for the dink and then switching it up to where 
it just the key to the whole thing is it has to look like your real speed up so that okay that one was a dink he was acting like he was going to speed up it was a dink and then that happens again but then maybe on the third time he really does speed it up and they're not quite ready for it because they thought it was going to be another dink anyway i think it can be beneficial um if you can really um fine tune your wind up but what do you think about it also you may be it's the interesting opposite. no no it's interesting because the way that i see it is if someone does a wind up like that where it's very convincing that they're going to speed up the ball my blood pressure goes up so it's not so much that <laughs> yeah. it's not so much that oh they're going to trick me and actually speed up the next one or the third one or the fourth one i'm going to be ready i'm ready for it but the problem is is every time that i'm ready for it and it doesn't come I feel like I'm about to fall off the edge of a cliff, right? And I'm holding my breath like, Ooh, here it comes. And then it doesn't come. Right. Ooh, here it comes. And then what that's going to cause is you just that little extra bit of stress and anxiety is going to cause you to pop up the ball on the next shot or cause you to make a slight error, cause you to jump. Because as you're building that up, you're losing air, stuff like that. So then you're going to jump and then your eyes aren't going to be totally focused how they should be. You're going to turn into James Ignatowicz, shank every backhand counter because you're jumping every single time. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, he only does that against Ben Johns, but everybody else, he, he tends to keep up, keep his feet down after he yeah. hops 20,000 times. It's in his head. Um, but yeah, I think that's the way that I see it. I think that that's how it can be such a good shot is you're literally building so much pressure on your, you're putting so much pressure on your opponents over and over and over again. And it's just false pressure until it actually happens and they're ready for it, but they're going to be off yeah. because their stress levels are going to be so flipping high. So it's such a good yeah. shot. I'm glad you didn't mention any tweeners or mention the tweener King or something. I thought you were going to nah. throw in Alshon. <laughs> nah, not this, not this podcast. I just been thinking about that one lately. It was effective for him. It can be effective. And that's a really good point. I think that's why it is effective. Stresses them now out. you don't quite know when you don't quite know when the speed up is coming and also your anxiety level is probably a little bit higher so you're not quite playing to your capacity or you know at the level you want to be at we've talked about this a lot you want to be able to play pickleball at a certain level like if i'm going to go fight an mma match my i want my blood pressure to be as high as it possibly can i want to be pumped and psyched you know and right. ready to go but you can't do that with pickleball you know if there's you know between a, a a one and a ten you probably want to be at like a four or a five you know and maybe sometimes even lower than that that's why pickleball is so different yeah you know it's kind of chess not it's checkers tough. so yeah it's tough it's tough to control your emotions out there and to give credit to tweener king i guess we could say or nick curios is they'll hit frontwards tweeners rather than backwards tweeners. And you don't know where the ball's going. So that's just another added trick shot. But if you hit a tweener, yeah, you can put it down the line. You can put it cross court and people just don't know where it's going. It works a lot better in singles because there's not someone on the other side next to their partner. But it's a very manipulative shot as well just to, to throw that in there. If you want to throw in some tweeners every once in a while, I don't think it's the worst thing, but I do not recommend throwing them in multiple times a match like uh, Christian Alshon does because he loses, I don't know, probably 70% of those. What? Yeah. 
He loses more than he makes. 100% loses more than he loses makes. He loses more than he wins. I'd say probably 70% yeah. are around there. So it's like, yeah, you looked kind of cool. It's not very hard to do a tweener. <laughs> uh, it's not very hard to miss a tweener either. And then you're going to make yeah. one every once in a while. So, And it'll look cool to people that have never played before or people that you know, have never hit one. But it's like once you hit one, you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't that hard. Sure. I, I have a confession to make. I have never hit a tweener in my life. A tweener? Of, what about a front tweener, though? Never. Never? And I've, I've done okay in pickleball. So, I, And I think that's the same with a lot of trick shots. We're not saying you have to have these trick shots in your arsenal. Yeah. But if you want to get a few extra points here or there, uh, you can get those points, and it can be fun. So maybe maybe add some of these. Maybe add one of these. Uh, but definitely the peekaboo, I would try it out. Because peekaboo is so fun. It works. Spencer yeah. has never hit a tweener because he, he has four kids. So he's been protecting the family jewels, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he's thoroughly against hitting tweeners, clearly. I mean, four kids. Can you imagine? <laughs> but yeah, peekaboo. Peekaboo. Brett Lee. Brett Lee came up with it while I was on the court with him. was not my idea, but I was there, so uh, we were both both creators in a way because, hey, two people had to make it happen, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, super it fun shot. It takes two to make a thing go right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd continue on. Anything else I've, today, Oz? I've lost my voice for some reason today. I don't know why. <laughs> no, nothing else. Uh that was a fun pod. I'm glad that we talked about it. Hopefully this gets a lot of views because it's like it's one of those things where the title will say trick shots. And I feel like it could pique people's interest. And at the same time, I feel like it could make people be like, eh, I'd rather learn about something more serious. It's like, yeah, you can actually win a lot of points by doing it. Yeah. So if you watched this, share it with your friends. We'd appreciate yeah, it. And uh, hit that subscribe button or hit follow if you're listening on Spotify and Apple. Appreciate you guys, and we'll check in next week. Peace. Later.